Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis. T-G-I-F. For those of you that are not old enough to know, that means thank God it's Friday. And we have one great show for you today. Uh, we're going to start off with Alan Dershowitz. And at the end of the show, we have Miranda Devine. And she's one sharp lady at 545. So stay. Make sure you don't hang up. You stay on for the whole show. In the studio, we have uh, Judge Richard Weinberg, Common Sense Democrat. Another Common Sense. We have Governor. David Patterson, and I mean, if you were governor, we would have better results, I'm convinced. And deputy mayor under uh, Rudy Giuliani, we have Rudy Washington, maybe related to George, but you never know. <laughs> and and so, um, on my side, we have Laura Corrant, former executive, county executive of Nassau County. And um, uh, the only thing I'm really upset about today, uh, and uh, this balloon, we none of us know what it's about yet. It's such I a think, mystery. Uh, it's a mystery, and our government probably knows more than we do. But somehow, it's it's the size of three school buses. I understand, and somehow it found its way from China over our Air Force base in Montana or something. Montana. And, and my friend who lives in Washington, his name is John. I won't tell you his last name. Well, that narrows it down. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and he put on his Facebook this morning that, because that was my first reaction, shoot it down. Yeah. And uh, uh, Facebook took it off. Wow. And maybe, so somebody maybe, knows something. Maybe Mr. Dershowitz would uh, tell us his opinion and his Facebook back to its, his old tricks. And uh, my or, other friend, uh, uh, Parker, Parker Dr. Parker, and I spoke to him, and he thinks that uh, we have the technology to not shoot it down, but to bring it down uh, and find out what is in that uh, balloon. And look at it, examine it. And look it. at it, and then return it to the Chinese and say, Mail it back. You, you dropped it here. Is this yours? How, I think how, much, how much postage do you need to mail it back? Yeah. yeah. Well, so it's John, the size look, of three my, school buses. My, my so it's opinion, big. John. Yes. This What's is your a, opinion? This is a weapon of mass destruction. I it's mean, possible. It was, it was used in World War II. Japanese floated balloons across the Pacific towards the United States, uh, and all you have to do is put a low yield nuclear device on that. That would blow up in half yeah, of America. I don't think the Chinese would, would this declare, is, this declare all, war like that. This is all in anticipation of Taiwan. And we will. Well, you we got, will be. Able, so, do you think it's posturing and saying, Gordon, "Look, that's where we're really macho." I spoke to Gordon Chang today, yeah, and Gordon he's going to be on our weekend show. Uh, John, why didn't you have me on the weekend show with Gordon? Well, get, guess you what? know I like Gordon. He's going to. He has a problem. We're under attack in the Philippines. We have big right? conflicts in the Philippines. Yeah. We have conflicts in Taiwan. We have conflicts all over the place. But we have our super guest star. Mm. And let's go to Alan Dershowitz. Would you introduce him? Absolutely. Alan Dershowitz is one of the leading constitutional lawyers in these United States, uh, professor, lawyer, and et cetera. And I'm sure while this might not be a constitutional issue right now, I'm sure that, Alan, you've got an opinion or at least some theories about this balloon. 
Well, it is a legal issue. Obviously, um, uh, no no country is allowed to send any spying information uh, over another country. It's an act of aggression. The United States government has the perfect lawful authority to shoot it down. I agree with those who say we should try to capture it and then maybe send it back with a little bit of technology on our own. It reminds me of a case a few years ago. You may have heard about this case where a mafia guy was uh, uh, shot uh, in being captured in Boston, and they shot him, you'll pardon the expression, in the rear end. They took him to the hospital. They took out the bullet from his rear end, and the FBI then inserted a little device to where the bullet was and was able to follow him back to where he was having his meetings with the other mafia oh, bosses. Wow. Smart. They, they I missed, that, I missed that movie. What a great yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Is, that that movie. <laughs> Is that on Netflix? Is that on Netflix? Yeah. Uh, no, look, we have a perfect legal right to do whatever we want. Um, it's ours, by the way. We don't have to return it. Um, if you capture an enemy vessel uh, in your territory, whether it be a boat or an airplane, international law allows you to keep it. So I think the issue is largely one of diplomacy. Tony Blinken, who is, I think, very good, uh, a negotiator with a long experience, he decided, or the government decided, to cancel his visit uh, as a kind of statement. Uh, the Chinese, of course, saying it's an accident. It was not supposed to, it's supposed to be civilian. It's, yeah, oh, wow. it, it found it's itself over our Air Force uh, base. Yeah, we don't believe By that. accident. In our silos, right. Yeah. So we have the right to do anything we want. And so the question is both a military and technological ones. What's the best thing to do from our point of view? But we have to be completely selfish about it. Only think about the interests of the United States and of our policies. And uh, they have flown into our territory. It's now within our control completely. Did it come from a wet market? Wuhan? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> yeah. Alan, this is David Patterson. I think what is especially poignant about this particular incident is that it comes at a point when we're finally starting to wake up to the advantages that China has had over us, and they don't even have to do with mil- military weapons. They have to do with the money they're putting into universities yeah. to stop people from speaking there if they have a message that's anti-Chinese their assertion that they are going to take over the world by 2049 and have world communism, Chinese style, all these things that we've been ignoring. But it's nice to see that in the House and the Senate in Washington, while they can't find a debt ceiling, they appear Mm -hmm. to have figured out China. Yeah, and and remember, China is much, much more dangerous than Russia ever was and communism ever was because it combines communism and capitalism. I was a guest lecturer at the University of Beijing a few years ago, and they gave me the number one student at the university to be my research assistant. And I said to him, what are your goals in life? He said, goal number one is to be to join the Communist Party. Goal number two is to become a mergers and acquisition partner in a big Wall Street firm. (laughs) That was his two goals. And that's China. That's China. They want to compete with the United States. Uh, on the capitalist stage, the world free market, and they do a very good job on that for the most part, and they want to be communists. So they're much more dangerous. And, and, and of course, the smarts, you know, they are the smartest enemy we ever had in terms of uh, ability. And they're very smart. Power. And yeah. they, they, let me tell you, the Chinese, I have a lot of respect for them. They're very smart. They have a, million, a billion extra 
workers than we do. Uh, yep. and, uh, uh, they, uh, are moving. They have no laws with environment, uh, stuff, yep. uh, or anything. They move, they move, we move at the, with a mo- model, at the rate of a Model T, and they're moving at the rate of a Ferrari. But let me give you the good news. Uh, the, the average Chinese intellectual, serious person loves America, wants to emulate America. I now give a class. I teach Chinese students in high school and college about law. And uh, I give lectures every few weeks. Uh, and the students are like the best students you ever want to have. And Chinese students all want to go to Harvard. They all want to go to Yale. They all want to go to Stanford. They all want to be like Americans. And we have to figure out a way of capping that to our advantage, too. The Chinese people, certainly the people who are going to be in power, just love America. Alan, I got a real quick question before uh, before we let you go. So um, court rules that people with domestic violence restraining orders, uh, it gets rid of the, you know, it was ruled that they couldn't have guns. Now that's been ruled unconstitutional. What do you make of that? Well, I, I don't think it's unconstitutional. The Second Amendment talks about a well-regulated militia. Who was it regulated by? It was regulated by the states, not the federal government. You know, Hamilton wanted a national army. Jefferson said no. Jefferson won. State militias. States should regulate guns, and they should not allow guns to be in the hands of people who have domestic violence records, as long as they're real records, not just accusations. But, you know, having... Having a gun is a right under the Second Amendment. Are you saying a conviction, right having a conviction versus just a complaint from a wife? This is right. a restraining order or yeah. any yeah. kind of partner. Well, but, you know, well, you can be have yeah. temporary. Simple. I mean, have, the person has, has, has an accusation. You can temporarily suspend his right to have a gun subject to there being a conviction. But look, reasonable rules have to prevail. Guns are in the Constitution, to be sure. But so is reasonableness and well-regulated. So I think we have to strike a balance. we got a minute left. What else you want to tell the American people on a Friday <laughs> afternoon? Well, I'm very worried, you know, about the, the deep divisions in this country and in so many other parts of the world. We have to figure out ways of getting together. And that's why I love the show. That's why I never miss it. Because you have figured out a way of being able to have the right talk to the left, the left talk to the right. And uh, re- and reminding the Americans that for the most part, we're people of common sense. We have moderate conservatives, moderate liberals, and most of us reject the extremism of the extreme right and the extreme left. And that's that's what we need to do to make the America extreme, really The extremism on the left or the right is not acceptable because no, they, they right. tend to be unreasonable and common sense must prevail among all people. And you're the man of common sense, and you can do a great deal, as you've done, to try to bring us toward that center. Look, we can disagree with each other reasonably, but, you know, stop shouting and stop threatening and stop making enemies. We're all Americans. Countries fail when the the center is dissipated. let me tell you something. I'm worried about our country, okay? So am I, yeah. Thank you so much, Alan Dershowitz. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch up again uh, early next week. Good. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. And uh, let's take a break right now. We come back with Vito Fasella. Some things just happened in Staten Island that he wants to talk about. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome back to Cats at Night. I am Laura Curran in the studio with John Katsimatidis. 
Judge Weinberg, Governor Patterson, and former Deputy Mayor Rudy Washington. And so big news, breaking news today is this wheel, the saga of the wheel as the wheel turns, continues in <laughs> Staten Island. So we wanted to talk to Borough President of Staten Island, Vito Fisella. Welcome to the show, BP. Thank you so much. Good evening, everybody. So what is it? How many hundreds of millions of dollars? This looks like a boondoggle, and now it's not even going to get built. What the heck happened? Yeah. I mean, they projected initially about 10 years or so, uh, $250 million, and costs were escalated up to about close to a billion. And just and so people know, this is a very large Ferris wheel. This is a, a yeah, lovely tourist attraction, The wheel attraction, is a context. big Ferris wheel, similar to what it was, what there is in one in London. And they charge like uh, $50 or $75 to go into the Ferris wheel. The views wheel. are amazing. Blah, and blah, uh, blah. the views are amazing. Same thing in Vegas. Yeah, same thing the in Vegas. Initial, the, yeah. the initial proposal was for a wheel that would be about 630 feet high, or in diameter, I should say. And, um, That's like 36 and the, stories. And the one in London is about 443 feet and they kept on scaling it back. And this is on the North Shore waterfront, right by the St. George Ferry Terminal, and frankly, right adjacent to the Staten Island Ferry Hawks ballpark that John and all are very familiar with. So it's a key spot on Staten Island, overlooking the New York Harbor, the Statue of Liberty, beautiful panoramic views. So it could have been something special, but the reality is for 10 years it has failed and stalled. And That's a long time. Well, Vito, you're you're a smart guy. You're an accountant and a lawyer. Wow. What went wrong? I think they underestimated what it was to, to build in, in New York, and I think they didn't really understand the plot of land and what was associated with it, and just started eating into it, and they ran out of money. And when they went for sort of a life preserver of sorts, uh, the city rejected it. So. For the last several years, one of the individuals, groups involved, try to salvage the project. And this week, they stopped making payments, so the city's moving to terminate it. And it's a turning point, right? We want the, we want the waterfront back. You see around... The, the waterfront could be tremendous things. You know what, what my thoughts are about it, and uh, yep. me and you will talk about it along with the, the mayor of the city. And uh, we'll see where we go. No, I think it's a great opportunity. I, I feel badly people lost money. Uh, I'm sure it's a struggle or whatever. Uh, but we have to look at what's best for Staten Island and then the rest of New York City. And as we talk about, you see the Brooklyn waterfront, the Queens waterfront, Jersey City, Hoboken, Bayonne. And we want to do that as, with Staten Island. The water is life, right? You go to the Jersey Shore, it's their life. You people to, love water. Place. And the views from uh, the Ferry Hawk Stadium. And the money uh, that could is be made, um, the unbelievable. Tourism. Now, uh, Vito, we got another minute left. Uh, you yeah. were very concerned about something else in Staten Island. Tell us about it. Well, we, we've been concerned for months about the migrants. We, we did your show way back when, when there were people welcoming the asylum seekers with champagne glasses. And we said it's going to be unsustainable <laughs> and unproductive, and it was going to cost city taxpayers a ton of money. And it has. And now we're still struggling where folks are saying, even though they're put up in hotels, they're complaining. And uh, what we're trying to do is right the ship. There's a city policy called right to shelter. Uh, we have stated publicly that the, the city really needs to renegotiate. It never was meant to to house and accommodate tens of thousands of asylum seekers. And it's the right thing to do. So if and when that happens, we'll start moving in the right direction. But as long as that stuff remains in place, and, and Vito, this is <clears throat> Vito. This is Rudy. Um, Rudy, how are you? Okay, is that a rule? 
That yeah, was a, executive order. That was what? a court. Vrio, it's Richard Weimer. That was a court decision, wasn't it? Was a consent decree. There was the Callahan dissent, consent decree entered into about oh, 40 years or so ago, and has been modified over time. But it was always uh, really specifically about individuals who need access to transitional housing, uh, and, it, and there's a history to it. But it was never intended to house tens of thousands of asylum seekers. And right now, the reason why the city is spending upwards of $2 billion is because of that policy and that policy and the only parties that can change it are the city of New York and folks on the other side, like the Coalition for the Homeless and a couple of other groups. So they're the ones that should do it, and they should go to court or at least compromise so we don't still get hammered with all this stuff. Thank you, Vito Fasella, borough president of Staten Island. Thank you for the update of Staten Island, and then we'll talk to you again real soon. Other, have a good night. other big news today, of course, is the job numbers from the Department of Labor. Uh, Experts, John, I don't know if you know. 517,000, something like that. Experts were expecting about 185K. It's 517K. Well, we got the the United States, one of the best economists in the country. We have with us Larry Kudlow, uh, number one in the Fox business and number one at WABC Radio. How are you, Larry? I'm good, John. Thank you. So, Larry, what do you make of these numbers? Were you surprised at how good this report was? Well, uh, yeah, I was surprised. I just want to say the story of the day is there's a, a Chinese spy balloon <laughs> hovering, yes. hovering over our nuclear missile defenses. It's and, a coincidence. The Biden, and the Biden administration doesn't have the balls to capture it and bring it down. But breaking news even, now, it's over Georgia, I understand. I mean, that is even more important than I mean, I'm very glad jobs went up. But I just think this spy balloon is absolutely incredible. And the fact that the Bidens are paralyzed, they're not doing anything. It's still up there. Pretty soon, John, it's going to be wafting over Palm Beach, Florida. I mean, I didn't understand any of this. So, you know, I I wish I knew more. This is the biggest mystery that we're all grappling with right now. We're all scrambling to find out. Maybe, and maybe I'm being a little Pollyannish here, maybe the government knows something and is making a a logical decision based on the knowledge that they have. Laura, Laura. This is Rudy, Larry. I could feel good about this if the, if this bunch hasn't screwed up uh, Afghanistan in his exit. Well, there is I mean, that. these are the people. The, the other thing, uh, Larry, this is David Patterson, is you really don't want the government to be shielding the public from information that could be very damaging. And that's happened with our government before, and it shouldn't be happening now. If there's anything that is particularly dangerous that they know about right now, they need to reveal it. Well, that is true, without yeah. question. Yeah, uh, because when trust is not really not exactly at an all-time high Larry? between people and the politicians. Larry, are you still there? Oh, we've lost See, Larry. Once we're going to get him back. Uh-oh, maybe. A voice of freedom yeah, has been suppressed. Maybe it has something to do with the balloon. <laughs> the balloon may have knocked the antenna out. <laughs> Well, my theory is maybe there was a birthday party in China, and you know how they release balloons, or maybe a gender reveal party that was floated across the wealthy, ocean. A very wealthy Chinese person that had a. This was a very wealthy Chinese person that had this a balloon, had a, a happy birthday balloon for someone yeah, in his family, someone special in his life. Uh, we got Larry Kudlow back. Let's let I mean, Larry. Yeah. Let's let Larry talk and let I mean, him tell just, us because you're smarter than us. I think the Chinese. Uh, I don't. I don't think I'm smarter. I'm just saying putting. <laughs> two and two together. We had a bunch of guests, national security guests on our show 
who, who do know a lot about this. The Chinese are trying to spoon this off as a civilian operation. First of all, there's no such thing as a civilian operation when it comes to balloons and aircraft. It's all run by the Chinese Communist Party, and they're saying it's a weather satellite. Nobody believes that. I mean, it went from the Aleutian Islands in Alaska, where there are also sensitive military bases. Now it's hovering over Montana. This is where our triad nuclear missiles are, okay? They're in silos below the ground. They're in uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana. And then they're saying they, they can't take it down because, um, they, you know, some debris might hit somebody. Uh, I know Montana. My wife is from Montana. We were married in Montana. There isn't anybody in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not going to hurt I mean, anyone. The, now I nobody, understand, Larry, it's nobody, over, over CNN there. headquarters in Atlanta right now. They're trying <laughs> yeah, to get I mean, the intelligence what's really going on. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, I mean, it's the most... It's still out there. We haven't done anything. They have invaded our airspace. They are spying over our most sensitive military bases, and we haven't done anything. It's an absolute outrage. I mean, I don't want to detract. I am glad that 517,000 people uh, got jobs in the month of January. I think that's terrific. Good. Excellent. Wages were up uh, modestly. Actually, wages are still behind the inflation rate, but it's a great number. I love it when more Americans work, and it just probably means the Federal Reserve is going to come in and have to be even tighter because the Fed hates jobs. Okay, But that's one situation. This spy situation is absolutely remarkable, and we have to do something about it. The whole world is watching. It is a gigantic embarrassment. And uh, the Defense Department won't say anything. The White House won't say anything. So they canceled uh, Tony Blinken's... uh, uh, trip to China. Mm-hmm. That's not a response. This is a spy balloon over our nuclear triad defense system. This is what protects us uh, from incoming nuclear missiles, God forbid. And we have to do something. Before this day is over, we should be doing something. I couldn't and agree they're more. They're not. They're not saying anything. They're not doing anything. I mean, it's an uh, to me, it's infuriating. And it speaks volumes about the problems we have with our national security. I mean, this idea, by the way, you don't have to shoot it down. We have the greatest jet plane technology in the world. They know how to capture these things and bring them down. Why didn't we do this 12 hours ago, for heaven's sakes? We knew it was coming because we were watching it over the Aleutian Islands in Alaska, where they started out. So, I mean, this to me is the worst thing I've seen in quite some time. And I understand, you know, we have a lot of, uh, at WABC, we get a lot of input from a lot of uh, uh, intelligence. And and uh, when it was over water, they could have shot it down. And, uh, yes. And, and, yes. But well, like I say, in Montana, Montana is such a wonderful place. When you're in central or eastern Montana, there is no speed limit. You could drive for hours and not see a human being. So I wouldn't worry about the debris falling on anybody. Trust me on this. And the other thing is that, you know, these are silos below the ground. Above the ground, there's really not much like, a, you know, a few little places. There's some fence and barbed wire uh, where people go in and out. But they're trying. It's like, look, the Huawei telephone company, when before we pushed them out, 
those guys used to put little tiny, teensy tiny cameras on telephone poles right next to military bases in key spots in the United States. And then we threw them out finally. I mean, I sat through an FBI briefing for the National Security Council that was the most bone-chilling thing. Nobody knew about that until they finally discovered it. And so properly, we threw them out. This also goes to the TikTok problem, okay? TikTok is a way of putting personal information into the hands of the Chinese communist government, and we have to throw them out of the country. China is our adversary. The days uh, 20 years ago when we thought we could do business with them fair and square are over. One of the greatest things Donald Trump, former President Trump, did was he blew the whistle on China. And the Bidens, by the way, have had moments when they were relatively tough on China. But lately, when Biden went to talk to Xi, he didn't mention, you know, about the COVID disease and the Chinese uh, involvement in that. And uh, I don't know what they think they're doing here. This thing's got to be taken down today. We all agree. Three days from now. Larry Cudlow, we all agree. We're out of time. I'm going to be listening to you on WABCradio.com, 770 on your dial. And on your our iPhones on 77 WABC, Larry Cudlow on WABC's number one Saturday show from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock uh, on Saturdays. Thank you so much, Larry, and have Thank a great weekend. Well. Next, we've got Lou Dobbs, and we've got Dr. Peter Michelos talking about rise in STDs. And stand by. We're also going to have Miranda Devine with some breaking news at uh, 545. And more balloon talk with... Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And we're going to be going to Dr. Michalos at this point. But before we go to Dr. Michalos, some other information that uh, China, from a friend of mine in Washington, uh, China is ramping up its electronic warfare and communications capability uh, and... uh, that could be that, because they're go. also they're also doing it around the South China Sea. There you go. That's what I was saying, John. Well, let's go to Doctor Mihalos and let's find out how the heck are we going to live longer and not die from another virus or another flu? Doctor Mihalos, how are you feeling? Well, if I can just spend the first sixty seconds just to follow up on the great comments that uh, Mr. Rudy Washington made about the Fugo balloons. And the first time the United States was actually attacked with an intercontinental uh, device was with these Japanese weather balloons called Fugo balloons. But actually what Mm. was attached to them was an altimeter bomb. And in May 1945, six people were killed when one of them hit a picnic area where there was a priest and some young kids and they actually died. And actually 9,300 balloons were sent towards the United States to set up fires all around our country, and we actually did discover 300 of them, but one of them in one incident actually killed six people. So as part of history, uh, the people who know history are afraid of balloons because we do know that that was the first time the United States was attacked with an intercontinental 
device. I'm, I'm, going in, on I'm impressed, doctor. I'm impressed. And it, it, it happened. Look, I'm going to tell you something else. Now, now that Dr. Michalos got me charged up, <laughs> the reason the war happened with Japan in 1941, oil. 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 President Roosevelt cut off the supply. They cut <laughs> off the supply of to uh, to of oil to Japan, and Japan achieved the FU level, if you know what I mean by FU, without breaking any that's right. Uh, things. We have FCC here. Uh, yes, uh, and uh, they reached it, and that's why uh, Japan attacked. About a week ago, President Biden says, well, we should make more restrictions on uh, on China and maybe we should cut off the oil. How are you going to cut off oil to China? You got Russia sending it down to them. All right, Dr. Michalos, you're on. Okay, so what's happening now that we have a big rise in sexually transmitted disease in the United States. Syphilis is up. 26%, the highest in 30 years. We used to have like uh, 7,000 cases in 1998. Now we're up to like 52,000 cases a year. What happened to year. safe sex? We should, we should quarantine. Yeah, well, we should quarantine. Because everyone who was during COVID, now everyone's out and about back in clubs and all around. And we're seeing this big resurgence of chlamydia, herpes, uh, HPV, and even HIV is up in the last 12 months by 16%. So we need to spend more money on better home test kits and more clinics and encourage the use of condoms. Like during the AIDS crisis, they were handing them out more readily. And I think there needs to be more education instead of some of these uh, woke classes that they're giving, more sexual education uh, and disease prevention classes in uh, in our schools, I think would be much um, money, uh, much better spent. The good news is a lot of these things are treatable. The bad news is that we're starting to see some of these resistant cases like resistant gonorrheas and things allowed. And the other thing is we're seeing that because of the use of drugs and alcohol and fentanyl, there's a lot of disinhibited people having mm-hmm. more unprotected sex because when your brain is being anesthetized with drugs, alcohol, marijuana, guess what? Things like that, you, you end up having more uh, mistakes and uh, ending up with let me, more. Let me diseases. ask an important question. During our, our lockdown and COVID, were more babies born? Uh, more babies were conceived, conceived. And then afterwards, there was a surge of babies. But the other interesting thing is we're also seeing a big surge of cases of syphilis in newborns because the mothers are carrying it congenitally. And 10 years ago, we only had 300 cases of congenital syphilis, which can lead to blindness and deafness. Now, last year, we had 2,700 of babies born with syphilis. So this is a problem and we need to address it. I know we're addressing other things like, uh, you know, uh, what, what proper pronoun to address people, but we really need to address these health issues because our health is our national security. And uh, So we what's need the our, number uh, one thing? Young people, they're out and about. They're having fun. They're not locked up anymore. What's the number one thing they can do to protect their health when it comes to these sexually transmitted diseases besides not having sex? What's the number one thing they can do? Well, using uh, condoms or when they have the first signs of any kind of discharge, burning on urination, rashes on any part of their body, they need to seek out uh, health professionals. The problem is they're afraid to tell their parents, and I think there need to be, you know, clinic methods in school where kids can get seen to be evaluated and try to get treatment for these types of things right away. Uh, so I think, again, condoms are the number one way to slow down sexually transmitted diseases. 
and also, you know, self-checks. And if you have a problem, go get checked out. If you have even a cold sore on your lips, you can actually transmit it into someone's eyes. About, you know, years ago, the number one cause of infectious blindness in the United States was herpes in the cornea mm. until we got antivirals. So these things are real. So education, condom use, expansion of proper uh, advanced home test kits for the various uh, different types of diseases and, uh, you know, prevention treat and early treatment, just like everything else, but common sense things. And we have a priority portfolio dysfunction in this country and our priorities aren't straight and health should be one of our number one priorities. So we don't get caught like we did during COVID woefully unprepared and dependent on other nations. And we learned that our supply chains are also national security. Dr. Mihalos, uh, thank you for calling in. What are you going to, you're going to be on a uh, Sunday show between nine o'clock and 10 o'clock on Sunday morning on the Cats Rand table. What are you going to talk about then? We're going to talk about the exciting new area of the gut microbiome and what, how we're going to be treating diseases using probiotics, prebiotics, and being able as part of your annual physical eventually to be testing on what's happening in your gut and your oral and gut microbiome and being able to help you get through various diseases, especially some of the bowel diseases like Crohn's, irritable bowel, and some of the new research that's been coming out and the new treatments that are in the works, an exciting area of medicine called precision medicine. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Michalos. We're going to take a break right now, and I'll talk to you on Saturday morning, on Sunday morning. Thank you for always getting the truth out on the Cats Roundtable. Thank you. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We're standing by to get our next guest, but what what do you guys think about this uh, balloon? Now it's over CNN trying to get intelligence. They, they got they got some chance. I think that uh, our colleague Rudy Washington hit the nail right on the head when he walked in here this afternoon, even before the show started. That this was the kind of subterfuge that went on in in beginning of World War II. And in many respects, it's being done to test to see how we're going to react to things. I mean, uh, if Paul Revere came around these days, I wonder if anybody would even listen to him in, in Washington. Mm. It's it's just different than what you think would be the natural. You see well, your first Dr. response. Chang, I talked to Dr. Chang today, and he's coming on our show, Cat's Roundtable, between 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock on, on, on Sunday morning. On, on the, and he, we're under the Philippines. He's going to talk about the Philippines. We're sending troops there because the Chinese are challenging us in the Philippines. So it's not only Taiwan. It's not only the China Sea. It's the Philippines, too. So let me tell you something. How did it, Wait, let me go to Judge Weinberg. How did the Jews say it? This is Suris. It is Suris. And the fact of the matter is I take no comfort in the responses of the Biden administration on any of this. They haven't done what they had to do on the border. They're not dealing with the China threat, well, the undermining, as the governor's pointed out, the undermining I of our educa- educational institutions. But let me I just think say, President Biden has to the, – or the people around President Biden should stand up and realize that our country is under attack. What do you say uh, from the Democratic uh, You know, side? I would say just to play devil's advocate. I mean, this is very alarming. Don't get me wrong. This is, this is a, you know, it's not freaking out, but this is very troubling that uh, China could send something over and it, letting it float all around the country with potentially dire consequences. However, we're sitting here in a radio studio in Midtown Manhattan. There's a lot we don't know. Uh, and so I would I would say give them a little time. 
I don't know if that makes sense, but give them a little time to sort out what it is. I'm sure they're all running around getting all the intelligence that they can. But on the other hand, there is the PR aspect of it that they have to be mindful of. And they want to look like they're in charge and they know what they're doing. Well, and I don't think that's coming across. We have one of the star reporters for the New York Post on, Miranda Devine. I haven't talked to her for over a couple of weeks. She's been busy. Miranda? Writing away. What the heck is going on? What are you concerned about this Friday afternoon before the, the weekend? Oh, hi, John. How are you? Um, oh, gosh, there's so much, isn't there? I, I suppose um, the stories that we've been working on uh, most recently are the Hunter Biden. Here we go again. Um, he's uh, sort of launched all this legal action against uh, various people like John Paul MacIsaac, the computer repair shop owner who uh, who discovered his uh, material on his laptop after Hunter abandoned it there. And uh, so he's trying to get the DOJ and the Delaware Attorney General to investigate these people, Rudy Giuliani, um, his lawyer, Bob Costello, Steve Bannon, uh, etc. So that's all a bit of drama. And then John Paul MacIsaac, uh, of course, already a, a few days earlier, had filed a defamation action against Hunter Biden. So I don't think any of this uh, is very good for Joe Biden. And I think uh, I get the impression the White House is not too happy about this Miranda, are you there? Can you hear us? Oh, so it sounds darn, like you, it's that darn balloon again. We'll call her right back and uh, we'll Might have get been a connection. took her out. <laughs> <laughs> She's back. Uh, by the way, what happened in uh, Miranda, what's also important, I understand a Republican councilwoman yesterday was shot dead in. In uh, Jersey, New Jersey, Jersey. 30 years old. 30 years old. Yeah. That's not 100 years old. Oh. oh. We're, still, We're still having trouble with the connection with Miranda. Well, I mean, what, did, what did you hear about that when, uh It doesn't sound like it's because of her anything to do with her political job or her political activity. Uh, that's just what I heard this morning. Really? Yeah. And yeah. I also didn't think it was random. It, no, I no, think it was a. It's and it sounds. It has the earmarks of, of a, a hit. of a personal oh, a personal hit of a yeah, yeah a crime of passion kind, right. kind of because thing. he actually fired rounds at her twice before he ran away. Yeah. Wow. Scary though, you know, especially for those of us who have served in government. We know we've faced a lot of angry people, and you know, but it's sort of reassuring, I think, to know that it wasn't. Uh, Miranda Devine is back. I'm sorry we lost you before, Miranda. Are you there? Yes, I am. Sorry about that. I'm right. in a hotel um, lobby, so it's a bit hard to get good coverage. Yeah. Okay. What All right. Judge has got a question for you. Right. I don't understand Hunter Biden and his lawyer's legal strategy here by trying to sick the Delaware Attorney General and the Justice Department against their political enemies. Can you explain that to me? Look, it's not something that the White House um, wants to happen, and I don't think it's particularly good for Joe Biden. But um, from Hunter Biden's point of view, uh, I think they have this sort of rolling thunder strategy. And the way they uh, sort of think about it is that this is just the, um, let's say, the pilot uh, program. This is just the warning shot, the beginning of, um, I think, just a, uh, their legal attacks on anybody and everybody that Hunter Biden feels that he's been wronged by. And uh, he can do that because, of course, he has millions of dollars at his disposal 
in, uh, you know, the best lawyers in D.C., um, the, the uh, you know, millions to spend on forensic experts and, and so on. And the aim, of course, is to muddy the waters, is to mm. um, recast the story, which, you know, that the narrative is sort of getting away from them. They, they managed to have, you know, the New York Times and the Washington Post and the rest of the media, uh, you know, did their bidding and ignored the story for a long time. But it's gotten to a point now um, with, you know, everything from the Delaware U.S. attorney's investigation into Hunter Biden to Joe Biden's own classified document scandal, where it's just inescapable that this is a big media story and the media has to cover it. And then on top of that, you have all the revelations from the Twitter files. You have the uh, FBI whistleblowers uh, just revealing what the cover-up was of our initial story and, and also... Uh, other material um, that that pertained to the Biden family influence peddling schemes, such as Tony Bobulinski's five-hour interview he did with the FBI before the 2020 election that was just buried. Miranda, why do you think that Hunter Biden finally copped up to saying, yep, it's my laptop? Do you think he did that to sort of defang any congressional investigation? Uh, no. Well, look, I think that certainly... The going on the offensive now, just um, a week before James Comer and his oversight committee start hearings into, uh, well, they're starting off with the cover-up. They're calling uh, Jim Baker and uh, Yoel Roth from Twitter um, to be their first witnesses. But um, I think I think that's part of it as a sort of a diversion tactic, getting on the front foot. Um, but also, I think there are um, other motivations. I think um, that the, the way that letter was worded, that first letter, um, was I, I didn't think really worked for Hunter Biden because it did admit that um, he was saying, well, yeah, the laptop that he'd said for ages was, you know, maybe it was stolen, maybe it was hacked, maybe it was, uh, you know, stolen by the Russians, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it is mine. Um, you know, finally, there's, the concrete evidence that, yes, he's admitting it's his. But then, of course, the lawyer had to issue a clarifying statement the next day and say, oh, no, no, that's not at all what he meant. Um, I, I think that was an error. Uh, of course, they won't admit that that was an error, but um, clearly it was. Uh, Miranda, uh, my intelligence people in Washington say that uh, they fee- they think that uh, Mr. Uh, Hunter Biden is living at the White House now. Have you heard that? Uh, no, that's not correct. I think he stayed there for some time. But we know that last Friday he was in Culver City, uh, California, you know, Los Angeles, where I think one of his lawyers has an office. Um, uh, but we know he was there because he was served with uh, papers in this defamation lawsuit that John Paul MacIsaac is bringing against him. And so it was difficult for them to find him. He had moved out of his Malibu $20,000 a month mansion and uh, presumably into another one. But uh, So he was a little hard to track down. He he was with his father uh, over the holidays, uh, went on holidays with them to vacation somewhere or other and uh, and was staying at the White House. You know, his his daughter was married there. So I think he was there for some time, maybe a couple of weeks. He seems now to be back in California. It's, it's Richard Weinberg again. Let me change the focus for a minute. You had an interesting column about the uh, 
the games that Hollywood plays with respect to the Academy Awards. Could you tell our listeners what you were discussing? Yes, look, um, it's so difficult to find a, a decent Hollywood movie these days, uh, a new one. And uh, I, I used to be a huge movie you know, fan and uh, watch a movie every week. And, and now I'm, I'm sort of reduced to watching old movies and um, foreign movies. Marvel doesn't do it for you? The endless Marvel movies? <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. So, so what happened out in Hollywood? China. So there's this amazing movie that I've stumbled on on Amazon Prime called To Leslie. Absolutely the most perfect movie. I won't ruin it by telling you the story, but it is. it was made for less than a million dollars. Um, first-time movie director, uh, pretty much first-time screenwriter. You know, he's, he's, he's not had a big hit like this before. Um, it only made a small amount of money, I think $26,000 or something at the box office. Million? But by word of mouth, it got an Oscar nomination for Best Actress for the most phenomenal performance by um, a British uh, classically trained actress called Andrea Riseborough, I believe. Um, And that caused the most terrible uh, scandal in Hollywood because, as we're told by all the lefties there, this was supposed to be the most diverse Oscars of all and there was supposed to be a woman of colour that was going to win the Best Actress nomination. And, and, I mean, the nominations are, or you know, the nominees are mainly women of colour, um, but Andrea Riseborough is white. And so this was seen as complete racism and unfair, even though that, that poor movie, they did not have the marketing budget that the big movies like Till, that they're so cross about the Best Actress uh, nomination didn't go to uh, that actress. Um, they're, they're huge studio blockbusters with millions of dollars to spend on lavish parties and, and effectively, you know, soft bribes to the Academy members who vote. And all that this movie to Leslie did was that the, the director's wife sent out emails to her friends, had small screenings at home, uh, hooked in with Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, Kate Winslet and Edward Norton and, you know, some Hollywood A-listers who all, by word of mouth, went on their social medias and said, this is the most brilliant movie I've ever seen. Miranda Devine, thank you so much. We're out of time. You can read Miranda in the New York Post regularly. And have a great weekend, Miranda. Yes, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you. And um, she's a very smart lady. I love that Australian accent. I know. I feel so calm right now. And um, uh, But so... We're going into the weekend. What the heck is going to happen with this? Uh, so we're all going balloon. to be watching for the balloon. We're going to be watching the. Uh, you know, we'll be watching. Should we tonight. also remind people to use condoms this weekend? Absolutely, okay. double. <laughs> what do different they do? kind of balloon? John, what do they do if the if the uh, balloon flies over the Super Bowl? Mm. Well, it's I, got, saw, it's, it's, I saw it's that. Got movie. Be I saw that movie. I, it's got to change down. directions. <laughs> did, did we, we saw that movie. Yeah, right. yeah, we saw that. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, that yeah. happened yeah. in New Orleans. Well, yeah, you know, I was surprised at the reaction to the movie that was nominated. What Miranda Devine was saying because just about three or four years ago, there was a movie with African Americans in it that had no budget. Same thing, and it actually won the Oscars Best Picture. I it was called Moon Moonlight. Moonlight. Yeah. I think they're prejudiced for blacks. Does that mean they're prejudiced against whites? Well, that's what I it would always imply. Shock, I always shock the governor <laughs> with my uh, 
with my BS. You know? <laughs> well, thank John. you, guys. I can take a lot more of it. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Judge Weinberg. Thank you, Governor Patterson. Thank you, Rudy Washington. Thank you, uh, Laura Corrin. Bundle up, everybody. And bundle up. It's going to be a cold night, cold Arctic weekend. Blast. Fill up your tanks uh, at home. Make sure you have enough uh, heating oil. And what, <laughs> what do we, we stand, stand for? for? Truth, justice, and the American way. God bless America, and amen. Have a great weekend. Amen.